Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, and this evening I have the fabulous Jack McEnroth joining me. Hello, Jack. Hello, Robert. How are you? How are you? you? (laughs) I'm really, really good. I'm finally, I was in L.A. until Saturday, um, and I'm back in my own home, which is nice, although L.A. is great, but I miss New York, so even though it's frigging cold, but how are you? Uh, I'm cold, too. <laughs> it's yeah. freezing here in Philadelphia, let me tell you that. But there's no uh, place like home. <laughs> tr- yeah, truly. I mean, I mean, people think traveling a lot is fabulous and glamorous, and it's only if you don't get to do it that <laughs> you think that. And, like, living out of a suitcase is rough. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, and I was gone for 10 days. That's a long time, you know. And it's, it's only wonderful and fabulous if you're flying on a private jet and don't have to go through airports and shit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, when I worked with uh, Merck on Living Positive by Design, that was groovy because they have so much money that, you know, from from when I left the house until I returned, like, I was in a car, I had someone with me, if I wanted something, someone would run and get it, that was, like, like, but, you know, when I'm on my own dime, it's not so glamorous. (laughs) No. Yeah. But actually, I had um, had some good... I had some good events. I went out to, I met the woman who heads uh, Until There's a Cure, UTAC or UTAC. I don't know if they spell, they send out the acronym, but her name's Nora, and they had a black tie event in L.A., which was like, that was the first day I landed. I was supposed to go to Elton John's Oscar party, but the night of, I just bailed. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to put a tux on. And then, uh, then the second to last day I was there, I spoke... Um, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, AHF, has this really cool youth. It's kind of a youth group. They're trying to target um, the younger generation, like 30-somethings, 20-somethings. Um, and they have a group called Impulse, which everyone should check them out on, like, Facebook. It's called the Impulse Group on Facebook. Um, you know, they what they do is AIDS Healthcare Foundation is a little bit of a – you know, it's like very clinical. They they treat a lot of people, and they're just trying to get the younger generation engaged. Not necessarily HIV positive people, but you know, the gay community. So they right. throw these really amazing parties, and they're like open bar, catered. 
they rented this really amazing house in the hills. And so a lot of people come to them. They're really well attended. And then they take out like 10 minutes. Like I spoke for 10 minutes. So they'll, they, they, they have a fierce party. A lot of fabulous people come. It's all that. And then just with that, there's a little dose of messaging, which, right. you know, which I thought was a really cool approach. I mean, they're not trying to make money. They don't charge people to come in, but they're like, listen, if you're going to, come and drink our booze and have a good time at this amazing house. You're just going to listen to what we have to say for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was good. It was really, really good. It was a very productive trip. Yeah. Um, Ace Healthcare Foundation, they're, um, they're friends of here at the show. And actually, uh, not too long ago, I want to say on, let's see, January 6th, uh, we had Jason King on, who was actually, uh, he works for Ace Healthcare Foundation. And, um, you know, he shared his story and spoke about the importance of the organization and the foundation that, you know, he works for and all the work that they do. I mean, they do amazing stuff, um, whether it's, you know, just the pharmacy part of their aspect or the, the thrift stores that they run. I mean, they do great things to raise awareness. Yeah, out, if, anyone, if anyone knows Out of the Closet, right? It's Out of the Closet? Yeah. I think so. They, that's, that's all AIDS Healthcare Foundation, and they do AIDS, HIV testing there. And mm-hmm. so if you want to buy a cute vintage outfit and get tested for HIV, it's a one-stop shopping, girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> Find some good clothes. Um, so, uh, so, so, how's everything um, going with you and, and Voltage? How's that working out for you? Uh, it's going really good. I mean, it's just I've resigned myself. I mean, you know me fairly well. I'm very like I see a project, I want to do a project, I get it done in 48 hours, and this is just going to be a lifelong, you know, slow growing process. So it's very methodical. You know, we're we're a skeleton crew right now, so mm-hmm. it's just slowly growing. Um, we're um, the, our guest today, Tyler Curry, is going to um, help with uh, the blog is going to now go public. Oh, so sweet. that we're going to aim for. Well, we were aiming for March first, and that came and went. Um, <laughs> so I'm in touch with someone who actually will be in touch with you, Robert, because I know you talked about maybe contributing and. So we're just reaching yeah. out for contributors and people that want to, you know, you know, post our stuff they've already written. And um, so the, the basically what I mean by it going public is that it, any link to any article we write will now be externally accessible. So if I post that link on Facebook, before the only people that could view it would be Voltage members right. who would log in. And now the, the blog section of it will be public. So we want to do – we have two psychologists that are going to be on staff. We have Dr. Frank Spinelli, who's an HIV specialist. We have a like you, Tyler Curry, a lot of personal stories. We have a um, a massage, spiritual kind of massage therapist, um, uh, a, tra- a personal trainer from South Africa, like a lot of different types of people that are going to kind of, you know, it'll be HIV-centric, but not, you know, because we all, all live, HIV is just a part of our life. It's not... It's not all of our lives, so just special interest stories, you know, really cool stuff. And I know you, um, speaking of, I know you interviewed um, Jake Forrest last week, yeah? Yes, Jake. Yeah, isn't he amazing? He is so amazing. For 18 years old, for him to be so open about his status, I mean, he hasn't even known for a year. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Yeah, and if and whoever's listening, uh, if you haven't seen, so Jake reached out to me probably. He's a senior in high school, um, three months ago, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I googled your name or whatever, and I'm really interested, and in, I'm HIV positive. I'm a senior in high school. I'm out about my status, and I want to do like public speaking stuff." And I was like, "Listen, I mean, people, people 
reach out to me, and I'm sure you quite often mm-hmm. say that. And I'm like, it's not really that easy. Like, you don't just put your hand up in the air and then you become a public speaker. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're good at public speaking. Like, it's it's not it's, – it's hard. So I'm like, how about this? Why don't you do a video, like, kind of telling your story, keep it short, make it about three minutes, and I'll send it around to people. And so if you're listening, Google – go on YouTube and Google Jake Forth lettered HIV, and it's so awesome. I mean, I think he's had, like, 1,500 hits in two, three weeks. And, um, you know, it's just really sweet him talking about what it's like to be a senior in high school living with HIV. So I thought that was really great. I'm glad you, I, I'm glad you hooked up with him, too. Yeah, as soon as I actually saw you post it on Facebook, I was like, oh, let me watch this. You know, because the, the campaign when Justin started that letter to HIV was a while ago. So I was like, oh, right. I've never seen this one. So I thought it was an old one. And then once I watched it, I was like, oh, I'm, I, I, you know, I Facebook stalked them. I found them. I was like, look, I want you to be on the show. You know what I mean? And it was kind of weird that you were the one who originally, you know, posted it, and it worked out pretty well. But if anybody missed it, I mean, they can go back into our archives, either here on Block Talk Radio or on iTunes and download it for free. And, I mean, we've had some really good shows uh, lately. A lot of listening um, people have been listening to them in the archives and downloading them. We had a couple hot topic shows. We actually had Kevin Maloney on. Uh, the beginning of February, who has the the no shame about being HIV positive, which um, you guys have probably seen on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure if you were involved in that yet, Jack. If you said, oh yeah, I did it. I, okay, one, cool. one of my one of my Facebook pages has that picture. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was cute. It was very sweet. He, um, I think Kevin actually might contribute to the Voltage blog as well. So. I mean, anyone and everyone who's interested, please. But, um, yeah, no, the, I just sent them a picture, and then they looped that um, no shame about HIV, or no shame in li- – I can't remember what it says now, but no shame about in living HIV. HIV positive. Yeah, no shame about being HIV positive. They, they put that banner on, and then you just repost your Facebook picture, and it's cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually a lot of people on Facebook have changed their profile photos to that, so it's um, catching on. You know, Good. people nowadays, like we were talking about, uh, when Jake was on and, and when we had people from the Stigma Project and even Kevin about how people are using social media and these images to kind of really get the message out there. And I think it really blew up with the Stigma Project when they started doing all their photos. And now, you know, there's other ones that are, you know, kind of filling in and doing the same. And that's kind of where I came across uh, tonight's guest and, and, and the Needle Prick Project um, because I, you know, saw the images um, you know, guys with Band-Aids on it and the message to get tested and things like that. And I know that you were involved with them. Uh, I saw at least a photo with you. Um, how, how, how did that work out for you? How did you get involved with that? Yeah, and, uh, well, you know, you know yeah, well, now I do. Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, my Voltage business partners are in Dallas. And ah. uh, Tyler started writing for The Advocate, and he, an article came out. I think the first one I read, and I don't believe it was his first one, was something young, fabulous, and HIV positive. And he and and I was like, even that just the the the, the headline catches your. I was like, ooh, this sounds good. And he's he's very handsome, and there was a big picture of him. I'm like, I'm gonna read this. And then it was it's a great article about like being, um, you know, just being young and HIV positive and what his experiences were. And um, so I kind of you know I reached out to him on Facebook. We started chatting. And then I found out he was in Dallas, and I'm like, I'm going to be there. Like, we should do, um, we should, I should do, participate in the Needlebrick project. And so we did that, and then we shot some photos together. And he was like, maybe because we actually worked, we went to the gym and worked out together. And um, 
and he already wrote one piece about meeting me and um, our, you know, some of our experiences, which you can just Google his name or he'll talk about it or send you to the link. Um, and then I think he's going to write another piece, um, a follow-up piece. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was, he's, he's great. I think I, what you said about imagery is, it's really, really powerful. Like, you know, it's cliche to say a picture's worth a thousand words, but it's true. You know, I mean, the Sigma project does a great job of it. The no hate campaign. I mean, no shame, uh, living with HIV or I'm sorry, I'm keep butchering that, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. if you just see the image, you, you go, Oh, right. That's what that campaign. It just raises awareness. And I think the needle prick project is a good, another good example of that. Right. And I actually just posted it on the positive radio show page on Facebook. So if you guys are there, go and share the image, um, you know, use the share button and try to get the word out there. But actually I see Tyler sitting on the line. So I want to go ahead and bring him on. Uh, since he's been waiting for a little bit. Uh, the website is www.getpricked.org. So please help me welcome Tyler Curry to the show. Hey, Tyler, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Good, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, I feel like it's going to be a good show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, were, we were texting before, and I was like, um, okay, girl, like, we'll be funny, I'm sure. So. <laughs> You should have been at the gym with us. It was kind of a show. That was our first date. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> of course. Not like a first date at the gym, but anywhere with Jack is kind of funny. So um, he's right. to uh, make, it, make it a good time. Uh, so first I want to thank you for coming on the show, and, and thanks for, for doing the Needle Prick Project. I think it's amazing. Um, uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a little bit of yourself, or do you want to start more with the project and then go back to yourself? I mean, it's totally up to you. Oh, goodness. Oh, well, I guess I can start, you know, by where it came from. Um, you know, I was diagnosed in July with HIV, and I uh, wrote this past July? Article. Yeah, this past year. It hasn't even been a year yet. Okay. And uh, I'm a writer. I normally ghostwrite, so I've never actually pinned things in my own name. It's always been in other people's names. But I, you know, of course, that's the goal, and I started uh, kind of drafting this story that I wasn't sure I was ever going to tell. <laughs> um, but, you know, after a while, I just kind of, like, wanted to get it out. So I submitted it to The Advocate and Huffington Post, and they picked it up really quickly. So, you know, it kind of was out of my hands at that point, and then it just started snowballing. And the first article was called The Needle Prick. Mm-hmm. And um, the concept for the visual really just came for my next article. I did a three-part series. Um, the last one was called HIV Positive, Unapologetic, and Fabulous. And oh, right. That's, that's, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one that I've gotten so much trouble for. <laughs> um, people don't like that word, being next to HIV for some reason. I don't know why. But um, What, Fabulous? Yeah, a lot of people. We'll, we'll, we'll of, talk. We'll talk. We'll get to the haters, but go on. Yeah, I love the haters. Um, but the project came out of that. You know, my story was just one story out of so many, and it has such an impact. So I wanted to continue telling other people's stories, and I started kind of recruiting people to let me profile them. So the visual campaign is, you know, what's being um, noticed so much, but there's also an editorial campaign, and 
you'll see that come out. I mean, I can't pump those out like I can the pictures, but every week I have a column in the advocate and um, hopefully I will get more and more people that want to share their story. I want to. So that is really <laughs> where, <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> um, um, so, well, let's talk about, about, I mean, I know some of it already, but tell, tell, tell everyone about, just your personal journey and and how what what it meant to you. I mean, you're it's so new to you. It's not even a year that you know, but like what the experience has been like. What your you know what just kind of as someone's newly diagnosed, what you would say to them because you just are so. I mean, you're still learning. It's just uh, you're going to have a lot of new experiences, and you just will, and it will evolve. And I mean, you're certainly very well adjusted at this point, but it's still all really new to you. So tell us a little bit about that. I think telling my story helped me become more adjusted, but it's still a process. You know, there's still days where I – people think that I'm – you know, it's always a surprise when I tell them that it's only been, you know, less than a year. Um, It feels like longer. (laughs) It's been the longest year possible. Well, we talked about, like, when, like, you know, you feel like the AIDS boy where you're like, oh, God, how do you do this every day? But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, last week I took a break and I wrote a, a little funny column uh, to take a little sabbatical, but I'm back at it, writing the next profile for this Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a journey at first. I mean, I'm obviously a pretty open book. Um, and this was the first thing that I thought I was going to have to keep a secret. And at first, you know, the, the one person that I, I couldn't handle keeping a secret from was my mother. And and this, that was, like, kind of the hurdle I had to get over. Um, but something happened. I had told someone, uh, a friend of mine, who I thought I could trust, and he actually started telling other people behind my back. And that really lit a fire under me. And it really made me angry that somebody else was telling my story. Mm-hmm. And that really propelled me to take my own story back and make it mine again. And it really was so empowering. And I just, you know, people have come out to ask me, and people who are positive who haven't, haven't told anybody, and, you know, they, they want to build up the courage. And, you know, you, you can't tell someone, you can't assure someone that it's going to be better, but it is better whenever you're out. I mean, Jack, you and I are talking about, like, the more you tell, the more you talk about it, the easier it is. Totally. Yeah. So, no, I mean, um, I, I, and I, and listen, and I've heard every excuse of why it's it's more comfortable in the moment to keep it a secret. But I promise you, in the long term, it's easier if you don't. If you just, it is hard, and nobody wants to have that uncomfortable moment where you're telling someone and you're not sure what the outcome's going to be. But in the long run, you, you, keeping secrets is it's it's stress. It just is. Yeah, I think so, ultimately the reason why you want to keep it a secret is you're so terrified. I mean, if you're single, which I am, um, you're terrified that the person that you're interested in is going to reject you because of your status, whether you know that they're positive or not. And to me, I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to take all the guesswork out and tell the whole world, and that way anybody that's interested in me, I don't have to go through that awkward-ass experience like that that speech at the first date or whatnot that you have to give. So 
And what I always say to that, too, I mean, people just really focus on, oh, someone's going to reject me. And I'm like, oh, my God, dating sucks anyway. It doesn't matter. There's going to be another reason why they don't like you. You're too tall. You're too short. Your dick's not big enough. Whatever. Like, <laughs> like, and you just add another fucking thing to the pile. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but I mean, like, and if someone, if you find the right person, they're going to love you no matter what. So, like, I mean, I, I, I get that fear, but it's like, come on. I mean. Yeah, and there's no harm, no foul if they, if someone walks away from you in the beginning, but this idea that, you know, you wait until they get to know you as a person. There's nothing wrong with you if they decide not to date you because of that. It's something that's in them. And you're not going to fix that by charming them and batting your eyes for three dates. And then all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, you know what? I, I didn't want to date someone who's positive, but now I do because you're so lovely. Like, that's just that's a fallacy. You have a, more of an opportunity in the beginning to kind of walk them through it whenever everything's fresh on the table. And in my opinion... Usually, they'll, I, I mean, I haven't had anyone reject me yet, but maybe I have. I just, you know, but at least I wouldn't know it. <laughs> right. It just leave me alone. <laughs> well, I also think, you know what, it's like, it, uh, it, I think that you make a really good point that the, the teachable moment happens initially when you're yeah. learning about someone, and then you can say, listen, explain undetectable. And maybe they may very, very well be positive. A lot of times you'll be surprised when people say, oh, yeah. by the way, I am too. And Or you can explain what undetectable means or whatever, and then you know right then and there if it's going to ever have a future. But um, yeah. I wanted to just ask you, so you talked about your, your someone, you wanted to reclaim your story. What is your story? Oh, goodness. I don't, which, what's, what story are you looking for? There's many. Well, <laughs> the juicy one. <laughs> yeah. The X-rated one. <laughs> well, I mean, I um, I kind of talked about in my first article that I was dating someone, and in my, my dating life, you know, I had had two long-term relationships, and in, in that moment, that we decided to remove the condom because it was monogamous. And, and I do believe that this idea that you're supposed to wrap it up for the rest of your life is just not a, a very effective message because we're at the stage where, you know, we're, we're supposed to be getting married now and having children and, you know, we're totally mainstreamed. And I think that the protection message should also be mainstreamed. But I, I decided to take off the condom with a guy that I was dating too soon and instead of being smart and going to get tested together, you know, I kind of took him at his word for it. And that was, that was uh, that getting me in. <laughs> um, that, you know, he didn't know either. And it was a big shock to the both of us. And, you know, we're not dating anymore and there's no resentment or ill will. But it really was an eye-opener for me because, I was so angry at myself, and I was actually angry at my friends, too, because we talked about everything. We talked about sex, love, dating, politics, religion, everything, but this never came up, and it's such a crucial, important issue to every gay man, regardless of your status, and I thought it was such a disservice to all of my friends and myself to not talk about it, so that kind of led me to start this project and just get people talking more. So, 
um, and Robert, I apologize for dominating because I always no, tend okay. to. Um, <laughs> but then, so I know some of the answers to these questions, but they're for the listeners. What? How do? You, how? What was your specific experience finding out that you're HIV positive, and how did you oh, react God. in the moment? You mean the day of? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's I think that's really for a lot of people that's the moment of fear that people are like, that's why yeah. I get tested, you know. So, I, uh, you know what, I had a friend who told me who who called me and said, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know I um just got tested and I'm uh, negative. Like, what a relief. Let's go, you know, have a drink tonight and celebrate." And I was like, "Yeah," and that kind of that kind of. I was like, you know, I haven't been tested in about six months. It's, it's about time that I go, you know, pop by my local clinic and get tested as well. And so I made an appointment. I put my gym clothes on, and I was going to head to the gym right afterward, just like any other Friday. And, you know, there was that moment, that 20-minute moment where everybody convinces themselves they're positive in that 20 minutes of hell, regardless uh-huh. of what you are. Um, I was like, at this time, you know, I've been tested many times, and, I'd always been pretty responsible, um, and we went into this room, and actually the guy that handled me wasn't that great. He was a little abrupt and kind of rude, um, but, you know, that I don't even, to be honest, like, going back to it, I don't know what was going to my mind. Like, everything just froze, and, you know, what was funny is I was dating someone who was positive at the time. And he had told me in the very beginning, it never really bothered, it it never was a deterrence for me. And I had known more about it because of him. So luckily I had that on my side. Um, You know, there was tears and there was fear. And, you know, all I could think of was telling my mother the whole time. But, uh, you know, I left and had my best friend and the guy that I was dating come over and just kind of sat there and tried to figure out where my life that and to be honest nothing I knew nothing had changed but at the same time everything changed Um, Uh and you know after that I would say things that initially went back to normal it was a slow process for me it was I started becoming depressed because the longer I went without telling people the sadder I got that I was hiding something. Like, it just felt so inauthentic to be hiding the secret that I now had. So that kind of led me to this, this point, or I guess my first article. Um, right, well, after a while, it's, it's kind of hard to live in, in shame, you know, because when we're diagnosed, right. we, we live in that shame because we feel like we let the world, we let ourselves down or our parents down or, or whatever the situation may be. How did you disclose or how did you tell your mother? Oh, God, this is an awful story. Um, so did you say awesome or awful? <laughs> awful. It really oh, is. Yeah. She, she, I thought she was going to kill me. Okay, so I had written the article really out of, like, I I wrote it. I woke up in the middle of the night because I started writing it in my head, in my sleep. And so I woke up and I wrote it down really fast and kind of worked on it for a week. And then I submitted it not knowing anybody was going to publish it. Um, I had published some op-ed pieces for having Post before, but nothing about this, nothing about myself. And so when they picked it up, they told me that they were going to run it. The Advocate and Huffington Post told me they were going to run it Monday. So I said, you know, Saturday morning I'm going to wake up, drive to my mom's house, and 
have the conversation and enjoy like my last couple of hours of anonymity left after, you know, it was released. So that night, the article was released early. It was released at 5 p.m. Friday. And somebody had posted it, and she had already seen it. So I had to rush over. She'd read it like two hours before within tears, and she was mad at me that she had to find it out that way. Of course, like once we talked about it and I explained her, to her who my doctor was and what my treatment was and, and, you know, how not scary it really is for me. I don't want to say it's not scary, but how manageable it really is and um, how she really didn't have anything to worry about as long as I take care of myself. And, of course, it was fine. I mean, she still had a couple of weeks of getting used to it, but now she just yells at me to, you know, keep my insurance and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you educated fairly about HIV and all that before um, you were infected? Or yeah. Was something that... Well, like I said, I was dating someone who was positive, and I had him explain everything to me because at that point I was trying to make sure to protect to protect myself. And, you know, I knew that he was undetectable, is undetectable, and um, he really put me at ease before that. I mean, no matter how comfortable you are with it, no, nobody, and, and I stand very firm in this, like as, as my approach whenever I write about HIV is I use humor. Um, I'm pretty casual in my dialect, but I don't mean to make light of it. Mm-hmm. Nobody can prepare yourself for actually getting that that result back. But yes, I was. I mean, I was, I'm still not that educated, to be honest. Like, I still have so much to learn because there's so many technical terms that people throw around that I'm like, mm, I should probably know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know the feeling. I definitely know the feeling with the terms. It's, it's confusing, especially when you're newly diagnosed to understand what everything is. Um, so how have you found support? Um, were you, you know, did you go to support groups or have you just new people that you reached out to that yeah. were already positive? Or? My friends, um, I mean, I have an amazing circle of friends and family. My sisters are wonderful. In fact, um, I would suggest people, especially if you have a family member that you want to tell. My sister is a writer as well, and she wrote an article that was released on The Advocate as well, and it was a really beautiful piece about her coming to terms with with my diagnosis and what it meant to her and whatnot. But, uh, you know, also releasing my article and being public with it, anybody can public with it, people are going to support you. You know, Jack and I know there's like... 2% of people that have something negative to say, and sometimes that will ring through your head more so than the 98% of positive outpour that comes from telling your story. But really, I mean, I have people come up to me all the time with nothing but wonderful things to say and people that want to be a part of the project. So it's really been fantastic. So. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't saying anything, Jack. Oh, okay. Um, well, so I, I kind of wanted to touch on, you mentioned earlier um, the term fabulous in, in next to the word HIV, and I actually think people, a lot of people have a problem with unapologetic. 
Because um, I, I think equally so. I think people want you to shut up about it. People like sitting in denial a lot. Or and when you're to... in their face, when they're you're in their face with it, it makes people look at themselves and it makes people uncomfortable. Um, well, I, I think I... they want to think that I I am some something different than they are. That somehow like my behavior that led me to this was different than than what they do, and that like therefore I should like own it and like it was my fault. And I mean, and yes, it was my fault, but I definitely think that I'm in the majority of my thought process and my mistakes that I made. And when I when I wrote that, what I meant was, you know, this happened. It, I do take responsibility. However, you know, I'm not going to label myself something awful whenever it was just a, a mistake that I made that was just that. It was a mistake. And, and no, I, also do, I, I also just think the whole shame and blame, I mean, it's a natural, natural knee-jerk reaction when you find out about your status. You, you yeah. want to blame yourself. You want to blame someone. You want to find a reason why. But the thing is, what that that actually is wasted energy. It's not useful. So right. the sooner you can get past that, the better. And you know that you you just. It, I think saying it's someone's fault. It's sort of like, okay, well, it's a disease. It just happened. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like uh, it, it 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 giving it so much. Um, importance that it's someone's fault or someone did this to you. It's not on purpose, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of people yeah. take that on, like, oh, I, I was so irresponsible. I was like, no, you were just having sex, like a normal person. Like, yeah, you I know? mean, look I me mean, in the eye and tell me that, like, I just people that have that reaction, you know, just look me in the eye and tell me that there hasn't ever been one moment that could have made all the difference. Like, one, yeah, of course, of course. one careless thought, one careless action that could have been the, 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 the changing point. So, right. Mean, and yeah, if you're the person out there, I mean, yes, maybe there's people out there that have never had sex. And or I mean, always, and maybe there's always, always use a condom. I guess maybe, but like condoms break. Like, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like blaming people for it is just it's sort of ridiculous. So I don't know, because um, Tyler and I have had the conversation of, you know, he gets a lot of comments from his articles because he's very, I mean, and I get a lot of comments in general. If you're, if you make any sort of, remotely controversial, and Robert, you know this, remotely uh-huh. controversial statement about anything, there's always crazy pants that come out of the woodwork and, you know, say stuff. And yeah. um, it's interesting. I told Tyler before we even met, I was like, listen, if I can give you one piece of advice, put whatever you want to put out there because you believe in it and don't read people's responses because it's, like you said, the 98 amazing responses that say you're doing great work, you're bringing great visibility, you're very empowering, and then there's a couple of crazy people that just say that are, you know, and it's usually negative people that really don't know what the hell they're talking about that just want to sit behind a computer screen and, and you know, dribble, 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 dribble. So. Well, and to be honest, I've had a lot of very positive people who have also come out and been pretty – you know, my approach is different, and it's also for people who are younger who, you know, need a, need a new topic or need a new approach. And, you know, a lot of older men maybe who have had the disease for, you know, a couple of decades really don't want someone 
you know, the truth is it is really manageable, and my house isn't at that much of a risk. That is, of course, make, you know, if I stay in treatment and manage my disease, and that's my responsibility. But there's been a lot of uh, a No, of, you're right. I mean, I do think there is, um, and I'll get some shit for this too, but <laughs> with long-term survivors, I mean, I've been positive for 23 years, a lot of people play, I mean, they remember the eighties and the nineties and how awful it was. And there's some survivor guilt in there. And, you know, they may have, uh, you know, AIDS could has ravaged a lot of people and they have right. still survived. So I think there's a bitterness that comes with seeing someone young and attractive being like, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm HIV positive. But like the, the truth of the matter is like you just said, in, a, in a, the ideal situation, it's not about our survival at this point. It's right. about fighting the social stigma and getting health care. I mean, they have medication that works. So right. you do, but you are getting you are getting pushback from that that group of people that it's like you don't you're naive and you don't know what you're talking about and you didn't experience the '80s and well, and that's valid. But the thing is, your opinion's valid too. Right. Well, you know, there's a whole other issue out there that I do plan on addressing that is, you know, the disparity of healthcare and making sure you get insurance and people who can't. And, you know, I don't mean to make light of it like, oh, yeah, just take a pill. I mean, they are very expensive if I had a pad in my pocket. And, you know, I I don't mean, you know, there's there's, there's so many issues to go into. And I, I told my experience and my story. I mean, it's under 2,000 words. I can't address every topic each time. But uh, I plan on it. Just give me some, some time. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I, I just mean, wanted to – go ahead. Oh, that's it. No, I just wanted to uh, mention there's uh, some people in the chat room here, and they're making some comments, so I just wanted to uh, put that out there. Um, where is it at? Um, Kat Harrington says, Tyler is my friend of mine. He's like a son to me. I love him. I support him, and I am extremely proud of him being so vocal. Um, so I wanted to know that. And then Coffee Man 64 also says, you cannot go back and correct a mistake. Accepting your, your status allows you to continue living, which is a true exactly. point. Cause we, we, we stop after a while. So I think that acceptance part is, is, is a big thing. Uh, I want to take a quick little break here, um, open up the phone lines, allow people to call into the show. If you have a comment um, about the project or would like to speak to us or Tyler, uh, you can call us at 347-215-9442. And press the one button so we know you want to speak on air and you're not just listening. And we'll be back in 30 seconds. Uh, we'll be right back. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to age but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And we are back and we are live here on Pazine Radio with our guest, the founder and CEO of the Needle Click Project, Tyler Curry. Tyler, are you there? I'm here. Uh, I thought I lost you for a second. <laughs> so um, one of the other things that um, a lot of people have been asking about um, online, on Twitter, um, whether it's you or any other guests that we have on, how are you doing our, your counts, your medications, things like that? Are you on um, that? 
Yeah, I am. I'm on a Strybuild, actually. Uh, it's wonderful, no side effects. My my numbers are, are fantastic. My bar load's at seven. And my CD4, the last time I checked, was, uh, I think it was in, like, in the 700 range. Um, like 728, I believe. Um, so things are good. Yeah, you're undetectable by now. It yeah. literally goes, it, it takes a month. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Actually, we have a caller, so uh, let me go on to the line's area code 575. You're on the air. Who's this? Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Jeff Hammond. Jeff, can you lower your speakers, please, so we don't get feedback? Okay, hold on. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. How do I turn it off? There it is. I think I turned it off. Yeah, you're good. So do you have um, a question or a comment? I just had a comment. Um, I was diagnosed 29 years ago, and the same issues that people did, the, the first one was talking about are pretty much the same issues we faced back then. The only thing, thing really different was we were told we had six months to live back then. Right. But all the other issues are the same. Yeah. Yeah, you um, know, Jack and I talked about that. Like, the one um, people really did not like when I used the word luxury, but I do think it's a luxury today because of so much medical advancements. Like, whenever I went to my mother, I could tell her that, you know, there isn't there isn't a time stamp on my life. And unfortunately, Jack and, and yourself, like, whenever that happened, you had no guarantee. Whenever you told your, your loved ones, you had to, you know, it was a, maybe six months, maybe a year, and, and, you know, that must have been so awful. <clears throat> Luckily, now we don't have to do that. Yeah, that was, well, when I first, I was living in California, and I moved to New Mexico. And when I got here, I spent the first six months, nine months educating my family that, no, I'm not going to die tomorrow. <laughs> that was my biggest thing. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I've been I've been positive 23 years, which um congratulations to you for 29. That's really impressive. But I yeah, I mean, even in the first 5, 6, 7 years it was still touch and go. Like you hoped the medication worked, you didn't know. It was it was a lot different. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jeff, thanks for calling into the show. Okay, cool. Talk Thank to you. Later. Bye. Remember, folks, the lines are open, 347-215-9442. Good to call here. Um, so um, what are some other things I wanted to ask you about? Um, how, how did first, how did the name come up, come about um, of the project? And no, then, let's talk about needle prick. Let's talk yeah, about pricks. Then, <laughs> I love talking then, about pricks. And then tell me about how um, the image, like what made you use the red band-aid and make the images black and white? Like, how did all those ideas come about? Were they all your ideas, or? Yeah, it's all my ideas. Um, <laughs> you know, I I wrote the first article, and it was called it was called the needle prick, uh, reluctant commentary of a newly HIV positive twenty something. And the needle prick is actually it, I, whenever I was writing, I thought of this metaphor of, you know, you always are scared to go to the doctor and get a shot. Um, nobody likes needles. Nobody wants to, but once you do, you feel better. And to me, the conversation of HIV was the same. You're you're afraid to have the conversation because, you know, the things that 
are associated with are very scary. And people, so many people have passed away and nobody wants to talk about it. But once you do, you always feel better. So the Needle Prick project came out of, out of that. Um, I really wanted to really incite a new conversation for anybody and everybody um, that this affects and that is everybody. And so the, the Get Prick visual campaign, um, you know, I had this idea. I was working with a photographer, and I, I had a, a concept to do uh, the red Band-Aid shot. Mm-hmm. Because really, like, to me, it was a mark. Like, you get scars throughout your life, but <clears throat> you keep living. And the conversation, like, yeah, did it hurt? Like, yeah, did it make a mark on me? Of course. So, but, you know, I'm living, and to be honest, I'm, I'm living a much more honest and, and better life because of it. So the, the Band-Aid, people always ask me, like, why is the Band-Aid not on the vein where you get a, your test? And it's not about getting tested, of course. The conversation is supposed to remove the fear so people do get tested more often. But the prick is really kind of a, a metaphor for getting, uh, pe- getting people talking. So every picture that is taken, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a responsibility. People are going to see it on your Facebook, and they're going to ask you what is that about. And that's your opportunity to start talking and educate other people. Mm. So how, I mean, I know you have your Facebook page. Um, people can go on there and check it out. And then how, if someone is in, how can they get involved, basically? Okay, well, the best way, like, the the website is up, and that's getfirst.org. But the best way to really become involved is to like the Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash getpricks. And, you know, just send me a message. Right now, I'm shooting all of the I'm – from now on, I'm shooting the photos, and I shoot out of my apartment. And I'm also chasing the project. So we're going to Little Rock in May. We're going to D.C. this summer, uh, Atlanta. And we also have a Houston trip planned. And any organization out there that wants to bring the project to their city, um, it's, it's really simple. Um, I come, we do an event. Of, we, I just came about two weeks ago. I went to Austin. And you we shot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, we went to Austin about two weeks ago, and we shot 100 people. And it was, it was fantastic. People who want to tell their story. And, you know, the profile series is not just for people who are positive. It's for anybody that has an experience, whether – you know, you're an extremely negative man who's been in a relationship with someone who's positive. There's a stigma that's attached to them, too. Um, I want to tell, I haven't found someone to tell me their story yet about this, but I really want someone who's negative that all of the fears that went through their minds and if their friends thought, oh, well, are you positive, too, because you're dating, you know, David, and he's positive, so you must be positive. And all of all the crap that comes with that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. mothers, sisters, brothers, anybody really. Um, but, you know, they can just contact me on the Facebook page and we can can get to chatting. Um, that's so funny that you say that because I literally have to be like, oh, I tweeted a picture with you, it was with me in it, with them, and then people ask them if they're HIV positive, like, Oh, by, yeah, osmosis, by osmosis or something. And I'm like, um, 
well, okay, like, whatever. Like if you're involved in an HIV positive pro- or a, a project about HIV, then you must be positive, which is of course. because that's the only way you stay negative, to be involved and be aware. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the people that are in denial and pretend it's not happening are the ones, unfortunately, that are the least prepared. Yeah, like it's um, two separate worlds whenever it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> right. The other thing I think was interesting, and I did I did uh, George uh, Jorge Rivas's project, um, Faces of Life, when I was in Dallas as well, and he mentioned, he's like, um, people are scared, and I'm sure you've run into this, people are scared to be in the photos for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Because people will assume they're positive, and he said the most scared people oh. are the people that are HIV positive but aren't out. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. Oh, of course. People who are are negative. I mean, I've shot. I don't disseminate anybody's status through the picture. That's their choice, still. Right. Um, but you know, I have shot about. It's been a mixture of people. And some of them aren't out about their status but still wanted to take a picture. I mean, they're, maybe they're out with all of their friends, but they don't they don't want to tell their story as, in the advocate. But, I mean, everybody has, you know, their comfort level. And hopefully, you know, the idea of this project is someone who is, is terrified to share their story. I have had so many people, which I'm sure you have too, that have come to me and said, you know, you really gave me the courage to – tell my mother and tell my friends and become more comfortable with who I am. And that's, you know, that's the whole message of it. Awesome. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a great message to start the conversation. Too many people are not having a conversation about HIV and AIDS, and I think that if somebody would have had the conversation other than wear a condom, don't have sex, went into more depth, you know, when I was in high school and things like that, I don't think me and other people, you know, would be in the situation if they were educated better on it. But for me, going yeah. to a Catholic school, I was just taught you don't have sex. Right. Now, that's exactly why I started it, because I was like, you know, if my friends and I talked about this, you know, we're we're smart guys, and, you know, you're only – becoming aware makes you think through your steps a little bit more clear. If I would have thought, okay, we're at this level in my relationship where, you know – we're we're becoming we're we're getting to an, a place where we trust each other. Then I would have thought clearly and said, okay, well, why don't we just go get tested together, and then we can take that next step. But it wasn't on the forefront of my mind because nobody was talking about it, and that's the whole you know the whole crux of the the project. Well, I think it's all. Right. We actually have another caller, so let me go to the lines. Area code six six one. You're on the air. Yeah. Hi. This is uh, Bob in Little Rock. Actually, I'm calling via my Skype. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, great. Tyler, I heard you say that you were coming to Little Rock in May. I am. And I'm one of, and I'm one of the advocates here in Arkansas and wanted to ensure that we let folks know where you're going to be and how you're going to be here and how they get in touch with you and all of that good stuff. So, uh need to find out again how I get in touch with you so that we can get that information passed along. Well, the easiest way um, is to go on the Facebook page and like it, and you'll get all the updates, and I'll have all the information. Right now, we have a venue. Um, I think it's the we're going to be shooting at the Villa Del Mar, or the Villa Mar. I'm probably butchering the name. Um, 
It's the house where they shot Designing Women. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know where that is. Um, uh, and that's, I, the date, I believe it's going to be uh, May 11th. And the way you're going to be able to RSVP, because obviously I can't shoot everyone as much as I'd like to, um, I will post the event on the Facebook page. And if you RSVP, uh, then it locks in your session. And if you want to share your story with me, then, you know, we can get – we'll talk before that. Once I have your picture, um, we can, you know, talk there, talk over the phone, and you, I'll interview you, and we'll go from there. Okay. I uh, – unfortunately, as Jeremy and Robert know, I'm one of the old folks, and I don't have a Facebook page. So is there an alternate? Uh, there is. If you go on the website, uh, getpricks.org. Um, right now, getpricks. Dot org. Dot org. Okay. And just check back with it. Okay. Um, because we will be posting all the information on the website as well. Excellent. We'll make certain that the word gets out around here. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Bob. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Yeah, um, Tyler, do you want to make your email public? Probably not, huh? <laughs> um, well, you can. It's uh, Tyler at uh, getpricks.org. Oh, okay, good. So he can contact yeah. you at Tyler. Tyler at GetPricks.org. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about this. GetPricks is also kind of a fundraising effort as well, correct? Well, it is. Um, we just uh, – we usually we ask for uh, a donation with, with a photo. That's a $25 donation. But you can also give to the project at the fundraiser page, um, which is fundraiser – the razor is R A V R dot com. Um, yeah, fundraiser is like um, one of those. Um, it's just a site for startup projects, right? For funding and yeah, and it's just helping helping me get the project to different cities. Um, trying to get an L A trip booked soon, and then New York, which I'm going to be contacting you, Jack, about soon to help me organize some stuff there. But yeah, please give me all your money. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come to Philadelphia. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I want to go everywhere. You know, Pride yeah. season's coming up, and I, I really hope that I can uh, get linked up with some, some Pride organizations that can help bring the project to any city, really. Right, and if people listening want to, um, you know, try to help you get around the, the project, get around to do these shoots, they can actually go to getprick.org, and you have a sponsor page which will direct them to that fundraiser page where people can actually make the donations, correct? Yes. So I mean, they can just go, <laughs> so they can just go right to the website if they don't remember uh, the fundraiser thing and and stuff along that. Uh, we're actually winding down to the last five minutes. It actually flew by um, the hour speaking with you. Um, one thing I want to ask you is: there anything that you didn't get to mention that maybe you do want to mention um, within the last couple minutes that we have? Yes, I'm single, so if you uh, want to ask me on a day. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I covered everything, but make sure, um, you know, the articles to me are, the pictures are wonderful, but the articles are people's dialogue, and I think everyone has a different perspective. Mine, not re- mine may not resonate with you, but somebody else's might. So every Friday on The Advocate, Check it out. Um, share it on your Facebook. It's the easiest way to promote the conversation without doing anything. You can just share it, and that's that's your good deed of the day. 
Cool, cool. And uh, the one question that we always uh, ask people before we let them go is, if somebody was newly diagnosed, walked up to you and asked you for advice, what would you give them? Uh, Nothing changes unless they want it to. And to be honest, everything, it can change for the better if you want it to. To uh, You know, I, I, I hesitate to say, but my life is richer now because I am more aware of what I want to accomplish and, and really owning, owning your own story. And I just, I would recommend that they find a way to incorporate it in their life and understand that, you know, they're just as fabulous as they ever were before. Well, that's good advice. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and telling us about the, the, the project. It's amazing work that you're doing and I look forward to watching you grow and hopefully you'll come to Philly and I'll be able to be involved in one of those shoots. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. Bye, Jack. See you later. So there you go. For more information on the Needle Prick Project or to get in touch with Tyler, you can go to uh, getprick.org, and you can make a donation there as well. So that flew by, actually. We only have about three minutes, so Jack, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up and and discuss before we uh, went off the air? Not that I can think of. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure I got some other. I'm sure I got some other crap going on, but that was a great show. He's, um, I, I mean, I think he's just a really great voice for young HIV positive people, and the articles he writes are great. And he's just really articulate and smart. And I think the fact that he's very handsome doesn't hurt. And you know, I mean, yes. we we actually <laughs> talked a little bit about that kind of Ben Cohen school of, you know, imagery works, and it it unfortunately. You know, he's gotten some flack for happening to be cute and very vocal about HIV, which has happened to me before. But you know what? It's like if if it does, to me at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what gets your attention as long as we get your attention. So I think he's amazing. I think he's great. He's gonna be great no, for yeah, for HIV. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And and him being attractive is very uh, eye opening for somebody. So uh, it's definitely what drew my attention to the photo. You know what I mean? Was actually how he looks. So, and I think that it, it's important that people realize that in 2000, well, 2013, people with HIV don't look like don't content. look different. No, yeah, I know. Like <laughs> we're allowed to have muscles and work out. We're living longer and healthier lives, and it's important that those of us that are healthy and look healthy continue to put our face out there so we don't forget, and people don't live. You know, it breaks down stigma when you see a cute guy with muscles. You know doing their thing and sharing their story about being HIV positive, it breaks down that wall of stigma that everybody thinks that, you know, HIV is this any man's disease. So, or that you I can even see it. I mean, people think, yeah. oh, you don't look sick. I mean, hopefully no one's even thinking that that's a reality anymore. But, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just good to keep repeating. As much as you think it's a dead message, you need to keep saying it because there's still people that don't hear it. That's right, that's right. So, Jack, you want to give out yeah, your your website information and where people can find you and all that? Yeah, yeah. I'm jackmackenroth.com. I'm the only Jack McEnroth in the world, so just Google me. I have five Facebook pages. I'm on Twitter. I'm all over. I'm a media whore, so you can find me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm putting your uh, website in here, and they have to follow you on Twitter because you say some funny shit. <laughs> <laughs> And I may actually be coming to New York um, in April, so I'll keep you posted on that if you're around. I'll be here. I'll be here. 
And for more information on myself and the show, and you can even get connected to Jack and past archives, you can go to the PauseLiam website at PauseLiam.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. Jack, I will speak to you soon. All right, man. Bye. All right. Have a good night. What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.